Glory to God. Yeah, if y'all, if y'all can, get a little close. Get a little close. Come on, y'all. There's empty seats up here, so get in where you put them. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, move on up. Move on up. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Who came hungry tonight? Glory to God. Praise the name of the Lord. I'm so glad that you're here tonight. Have you had a great Sunday? Did we announce Love and Action went out Saturday? This morning? I think February the 4th passed already. There were 65 decisions for Christ this past Saturday. <laughs> 65 people said yes to Jesus and many prayed for. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Can somebody say glory to God? And then they were making phone calls today, right? Come on. Glory to God. Praise the name of the Lord. Well, God is good. Say God is good. Glory. Praise the Lord. Are you ready to grow to another level? <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. I, I, I had this teaching in my heart, and I've shared it before, but it just helps all of us. Say all of us. Say this is for me. Be careful to let your mind wander into who this message fits to. Because if, if, you, if you're thinking of somebody... When you're thinking of this, then you're missing that this is for you. We all have room to grow, and we, are, we, we all are expected to grow. And that never stops until Jesus returns. It's just that we grow to different levels of maturities, and we never stop. We never stop. It doesn't matter how, long, how old you are. You know, it doesn't matter how long you've been in the ministry. Growth never stops. Amen. Say, growth never stops. I must continue to grow until Jesus returns. So I'm going to take this month. I think it'll take that long. Uh, on Sunday nights, as I shared with you, uh, to share on spiritual, the, uh, uh, the spiritual maturity of a believer. Amen. This can be for leaders. This can be for believers. And so... Uh, that's what I'm going to be sharing. I'm going to be sharing five different levels that the Bible talks about of, 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 of different spiritual maturity levels. But today it'll be like an introduction. And so if, you, if, you, if you're taking notes, you can take notes. And I'm going to give you scriptures. But um, And as I, I share these with you, I want you to, um, like I said, number one, receive it for yourself. And, and number two, um, it'll help you see where you're at. Amen. This is in no way, uh, and, and, it, and, it, and it, 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 it's in no way to make you feel any other kind of way, but to stir you up to, ble to be where you are to where God wants you to be. Is that good? Amen. And we should be okay with that. Amen. We should be okay with that because, you know, God expects us to, to grow. And um, so, let me begin by saying that effective believers, those who leave an impression on others, which 
You know, if we're all ambassadors, hello, we're all considered ambassadors for the kingdom of God. That's leadership. That's, that's disciple, discipline, you know, discipleship, disciples. And so, so then uh, uh, um, this is expected of us. Effective believers, those who leave an impression on others, are those that have a great passion and a great desire to further their growth. And that passion and desire to further our growth should be in us because we should be leaving an impression. We should be causing impact. At our in home, at home, and then so on, because it starts at the house. Amen. And so, are those that have a great passion, say great passion, and a great desire to further their growth. These people are not satisfied. They never get satisfied being in the level in which they are and are always setting goals in order to keep growing. Amen. And so these people, believers, continually seek new sources from which to grow and mature. Amen. So we should always be searching for ways to grow. Amen. That's an intentional decision. It's not growth. You'll learn that it doesn't just happen. Maturity doesn't just develop in you. We wish, right? But it just doesn't happen that way. It has to be a choice. A decision. Amen. And it is important because the level of your maturity and spiritual growth as a believer will determine the type of people that you will attract. Whether it be in your circle of influence, in your ministry, in organization, in whatever field you're at. The level of your maturity will be the type of people that you are going to attract. So it matters that you grow. Amen. Do you have a bunch of like immature people around you? Okay, let's keep going. Let's just keep going, okay? Let me not get sidetracked because. <laughs> and so it matters because I'm looking at a bunch of kingdom people. You're in this race to win this race. You're not here on a Sunday night wasting your time. Hello, anybody? No. You're sold out. You're like, I'm in. I'm in it to win it. I'm, in, I'm running my race. God, what do you, where, where, I, wanna, I want you to take me from where I'm, I'm at to where you ha will have me be. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And so what is God's desire for us? Can I tell you? His final goal is to lead us to perfection. Somebody shout perfection. Don't be scared of the word perfect. Amen. Don't be, don't be scared of the word perfect and get out of the mentality 
everybody fails. Or nobody's perfect. Get out of that mentality. Amen. God's final goal is to lead us to perfection and maturity. Do you believe that? I'll show you in the word of the Lord. And God is not interested in our comfort. God is more interested in our spiritual maturity. Matthew 5.48. Jesus said, amen. Who said it? Yeah. I like you that you say that because you know Jesus said, not Pastor Sandy, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus said here, be ye therefore perfect. Shot perfect. Even as your father which is in heaven is perfect. What are we to be? As our heavenly father is perfect. Now, the word perfect in the Greek language is teleo, T-E-L-I-O. And this word perfect means mature, complete, or finished. Amen. Mature, complete, or finished. And the Lord's main goal for his children is to lead us into maturity. Say maturity. maturity. How mature does he want us? The Bible says to the, to the measure of the stature of his son, Jesus Christ. He wants us to be at that level. Can you imagine that? That's the words of the Lord. Jesus said, you know, uh, uh, the Bible says, as he is, so are we. The Bible says that even Jesus grew in stature and he grew in obedience. He grew in maturity. He did. And that's what God expects of us. Growth. Amen. Amen. So the word perfect does not mean without defect. It refers to one who is mature. Say mature. Let me take you to Ephesians 4. It's important because Ephesians 4, hallelujah, it talks about the unity of the spirit. And I can't wait to get into the gifts of the Spirit. Lord willing. And so it says in, in Ephesians 4, the words of the Apostle Paul, and it's talking about the unity of the Spirit. It says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with longsuffering, forbearing one another in love, in devouring to keep the unity of the Spirit, in the bond of peace, there is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called, and one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, 
who is above all and through all and in you all. Isn't that good? I like that. And then it says, the, it talks about the ministry gives, gifts, verse 7. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore, he said, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Somebody say gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same that also uh, that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. Say fill all things. 11, and he gave some, now he's talking about the ministry gifts, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. So these are the five-fold ministry gifts that God gives to the body. Amen. This is what considers the five-fold ministry gifts that God has given for the body or to the body. Now, there's a purpose of why God has given these gifts. They come with a purpose. Amen. And not to build a ministry for themselves or not to, you know, become this for themselves. It's, it was for the body. And the purpose of these gifts, it talks about it in verse 12. It says that he gave these gifts for the perfecting the perfecting of the saints. Are the saints here tonight? <laughs> for the perfecting of the saints and for the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Until we all come in the unity of the faith. Say unity of the faith. And of the knowledge of the Son of God. Unto a perfect man or a perfect woman. There goes that word perfect again. Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So that is why the gifts to perfect the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, until we all grow in unity of the faith, of the knowledge of Jesus, Unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's a lot, right? The Holy Spirit will help you. Then it says that, for this reason, that we henceforth be no more children. <laughs> that we henceforth be no more children. Tossed to and fro. How many of you have made up your mind, listen, I had that life back then. I didn't get saved to just be tossed around through and fro. I'm going to grow into everything that God has for me. I'm going to be a son of God. I'm going to be a daughter of God. Amen. And then it says, no more tossed through and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. By the sleigh of men and the cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive. So there's people that wait and lie to re deceive you. 
and to pull you and to cause you to trip and to cause you to move and to cause you to be shaken. That is why unless we grow, unless we learn to know right from wrong, we will never be able to discern and to be unshakable or unmovable. It says, but speaking the truth in love may grow up. Say grow up. Into him. Into who? Into Christ. You know, our completeness is in him. Our growth is in him. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him. In all, in all the Bible says, things which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supply it according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, make it increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Can you put 16 in the NLT? He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part, listen, as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. It, it, that's why it's so important that I grow because if I grow, I'm not only growing for me, but I'm helping other people grow and do their part in the body. And as one grows, you help the other one grow. We are compacted. We are part of the same body and we're all for the same purpose. Each one reaching one doing the work of the Lord versus if I don't grow and I'm mature, I'm not helping somebody grow. My my weaknesses and my downfalls and my irresponsibility to grow is going to be somebody else's hindrances to not grow. So in the same way that you will help others grow as you're growing and as you're doing your part in the kingdom of God, you're going to help somebody else grow and do their part. It is in the same way that if I decide I don't want to grow, I want to stay a baby, I'm going to complain, I'm going to be critical, I'm going to do this, I'm going to wah, 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 wah. <laughs> then guess what kind of people are going to be attracted to me? Complainers, crybabies, critical people. And I'm not going to know, know the difference. And without even, I'm deceived by the enemy because instead of me helping somebody grow, I'm helping somebody fall. And I'll be responsible for that. Is that good or not? Say, I'm going to make sure I'm growing to help those grow around me. I'm not going to be the reason why somebody falls. Just because I don't want to take responsibility to not grow. Hallelujah. So each and every one of us has to take the responsibility. I have to continue to grow. And I hope you've seen that growth. I see the growth in you. Amen. And so. The word perfect. Did I finish reading? I did. So, thank God for the fivefold ministry. Amen. 
as, 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 as a pastor, I have to keep that in mind. These are God's people, blood bought. I didn't purchase you. Jesus purchased you. And he's entrusted me to help you grow so that you can do the work of the ministry, so that you can fulfill your God-given destiny. I understand that. And you also have to understand that you have to grow. And, and, I'm, and remember, this is for everybody, amen? If you, if you ever think, is Pastor Sandy talking to me? Let me help you. Let me help you what helped me. Examine yourself. And if it fits you, put it on. If it doesn't, move on. Amen. I had to learn that. I still do. I get like, you know, when I sit. And, and I just, I learn how not to get offended. Because, okay, I'm, I'm a, I can't get over my, I can't, I can't get ahead. But, but because what happens is if you, if, if, if you don't, if you don't, allow the word you know the word is not just to make you feel good it's to teach you to edify, you know to edify you it rebukes it corrects it does all things the word of God and a lot of and when you're receiving it you know if it comes to you hard <laughs> then all you have to do is says and you have to be very careful because you have to and it's part of growth because you know you have to say is this is this if you feel a certain way say is this for me do I need this area? Do I need to receive this? And, and it could be that you do. It could be that you don't. So you'll learn how to discern. You'll learn because you don't ever want to, you know, if you don't take the time to ask the Lord or to examine yourself, you can put yourself back into, you know, into like a, 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 a you can be the reason why you're not growing because you, you receive the word and then you think this is for me and I can, you know, I, and, and whatever, whatever. But if you just, if you know that you're doing what you're doing in the word, and then if the word of God comes at you a certain way, then just father, I thank you that I'm doing what your word says. And then, you know, then if, if it, if it, if it, but if you know that there needs to be correction, then do it. God's trying to help you. God's trying to get you somewhere. Amen. So you'll be able to know, like, receive it, take it, and be like, okay, is this for me? If it is, then God, I'm going to do what I have to do. I receive it, Father. It, it, it hurt a little bit, but you know what? It's your word, and I'm looking at it, so it ain't, you know? And I'm not the only one sitting in here, so, you know, but we need this, Lord. Thank you very much. And then take it, and then apply it. If it fits, get it. If not, thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. I'll receive it again. Amen. Did I help? Did I make sense? Okay. All right. Well, so in what ways should we grow and mature according to God? Not to me, according to the Lord. We should grow in quality. We should grow and mature in every area of our lives. And in quantity. In the full counsel of God. So that's why we need to grow in every area of the word of that, the, you know, of our lives. Not just in one area, but in every area. 
And the word of God gives us everything we need for every area of life. Amen. Our fullness is in Jesus Christ. He completes us. Amen. He makes us whole. And so, you know, even though we're born again and we're, we're, we're you know, when we get born again, uh, um, you need to understand that when God puts his spirit on the inside of you, that he, there's not a, a, a baby spirit. There's not like he gives you a baby spirit <laughs> or a junior spirit. His spirit in you is perfect. But the reason why we have to grow spiritually is because the, the, the part of us that gets born again, it's the, the inward man. But the outward man, the, the soulish realm, the flesh, they don't, they're still thinking a certain way. You know, when you give your life to Jesus, you come here, something spiritual takes place. He takes the stony heart, he puts his spirit on the inside of me, and that spirit is the spirit of God. Amen. The Bible says that we're not born of man, we're born of the spirit of God, and the spirit of God is perfect. Amen. But if you notice, when you leave out of here, you still look the same. <laughs> Nothing changed on the outside. You change on the inside. And so now we have to begin to grow because we have to train ourselves in this new life. We have to train ourselves to line up with this new life that we have. Amen. The spirit of God within us. And that's why it's so important to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, you receive a measure of the spirit of God. Uh, uh, but whenever you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you receive you know, a full measure of the, the, the infilling of the Holy Spirit of God. And so it's important, you know, that you accept the gift of God to help you. And when you're filled, it's not like you received a junior Holy Spirit in diapers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so, but you do have to grow because it's new. It's a new life. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. Now you're learning. You're doing Romans 12 too. You know, you're being transformed. You're not no longer conforming to the systems of this world, but now you are being, you are being continually transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the word of God. You know, you no longer operate because you're new. You know, you no longer are, are that old person. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now you got to find out what this new life is all about. And then you grow into this new life. Amen. Hallelujah. And so that's where some people stop. After salvation, they, they don't take the time to grow. But you must take the time to grow. Amen. This is a new life that we've stepped into. And in this new life, there's a, king, a, a system of God, a kingdom system of God. And then we, we must behold ourselves in the word of God and uh, uh, it's our mirror the Bible says it shows us who we are what we look like we you know and so we should 
and take it to examine our lives in the light of God's word and make sure that it, it's looking like that. Amen. Because God wants us to grow into sonship. The Bible says in Galatians 4, verse 1 and 2, it says, think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves great wealth for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up. Even though they actually own everything their father had, they have to obey their guardians until, say until, they reach whatever age their father sets. And so this verse depicts or says that there is no difference between a slave and an heir, that even though he is Lord over all his fortune, he is still a child. The father cannot entrust the inheritance into his child's hand. This is why it is important to make a decision to grow and mature in order to enjoy all the blessings of God. Amen. If you're faithful in the little, God will make you ruler over much. But God cannot entrust you with, with, with you know, sir, even certain things if, if, if you've not grown to sonship. Though you are heir of all, amen, there still has to be growth. So what steps should we take to grow spiritually. Are you ready? There's three different steps that we should take. Number one is decision. Number two is make changes. And number three, influences and atmospheres. Decisions, these are steps. Make changes and influences. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Now, number one. Make a firm commitment and a serious decision to grow in the Lord. So the first step that you should take to grow spiritually is to make a firm commitment and a serious decision. Say serious decision. To grow in the Lord. So individual growth is a quality decision that is personal. Spiritual growth is not an automatic process, but a planned one. So you must decide and be serious about the decision, and you must pl have a plan it. Amen. Glory to God. Is that good? So what is the first step that we should take to grow spiritually? 
make a firm commitment and a serious decision to grow in the Lord. The individual personally has to make the decision. I'm going to grow into everything that God has for me. I'm going to grow and mature in the Lord. Amen. My, li my life is going to be a reason why others are doing their part in the kingdom. My life will not be the reason why other people fall. Amen. So it's an individual decision. Nobody can do it for you. You must decide for yourself. And it's a quality decision. It's a personal decision. Growth is not automatic. It's a plan that you have to make and decide. Now, in 1 Corinthians 3, verses 6 to 9, if you turn there, we're going to read that scripture, and you can write it down. Are you glad you came tonight? Hallelujah. Glory to God. 1 Corinthians 3, verses 6 to 9. It, and it says, 1 Corinthians 3, verses 6 through 9. It says, Well, let me read in verse 1, because it, it, it's good. It says, And I, brethren, Apostle Paul speaking, I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. He says, you can't handle. The, you know? And then it says, for ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions. Are ye not carnal and walk as men? So he was charging them. He says, you're, 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 you're in the flesh. You're carnal. He says, how do I know that? Because you're walking in strife. You're walking in divisions. Envying. And then he says, for while one said, I am of Paul and another, I am of Apollos. Are ye not carnal? Some were claiming to be of Paul. I'm of Paul. I'm of Apollos. And I'm of this. And I'm of Christ. And then he says, who then is Paul? And who is Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. He says, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Amen. So then neither is he that planted anything. Neither that he watered, but God that giveth the increase. Amen. Who is this? Who is that? But the one that we should boast about is God. Amen. Because neither the one that plants or neither the water is important, but he that giveth the increase is God. Amen. It says, now he that planted and he that watered are, are one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry or field. 
and ye are God's building. That's what we are. We're God's building. Amen. It's like every, every one of us is a brick to the building of God or a part of the body of Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. And so there are certain decisions. Number one, make a firm commitment and a serious decision. Say decision to grow in the Lord. So there are certain decisions that you as a believer must make in order to mature or grow spiritually. So the first decision to uh, 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 to, uh, uh, to grow spiritually is decide to be a mature believer. Decide I'm going to be a mature believer. Like I said earlier, I said, I'm going to be the reason why as I mature, as I decide to grow and mature and do my part, I'm going to be the reason why other people are going to grow and do their part. So that's a decide to be a mature believer and self-discipline is important for a believer to grow. It's going to take discipline. Amen. Shout discipline. discipline. Yeah. You can decide a lot of things, but if there's no discipline, there's, there's not going to be no growth. Are you with me? Number two, don't only decide to be a mature believer and have self-discipline, but decide to begin to grow now. We're so used to saying... I'll start next Monday. You know, when I get ready or when I'm ready, you're never going to be ready. You know, when you decide, when you hear it. Amen. So from this day forward, make a decision that as of today, I'm going to choose every day. Where I'm at on this Sunday night is not where I'm going to be next Sunday night. Are you with me? Now I can understand the, uh, how Smith Wigglesworth word said, if I'm, if I'm where I'm, uh, how does he say it? If I'm tomorrow where I'm at today, I'm backsliding. It sounds like a little radical, right? But that's how we should be radical. Amen. And so, because I'm going to make a decision tonight that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take every day next week, I'm going to make time to grow in the Lord then that means when we meet next Sunday night, we're not all gonna, we're all gonna be at another level. <laughs> Come on, we're all gonna be at another level in our relationship with God. We're all gonna be at another level in our influence. We're all gonna be at another level in, our, in the people. Some people are gonna be surprised because they're gonna come looking for that one thing that I'm not about that, you know? <laughs> And so, but guess what? You help yourself and you help others. So say, it starts now. Because what you decide today will determine your tomorrow. Amen. Tap your neighbor and say, you better pay attention. Don't miss this. <laughs> so decide to achieve Number three, decide to achieve personal growth. Say personal growth. Our growth in our, as believers or our growth, whether it be as our personal lives or in ministry, in the calling of our lives depends on our personal growth. So everything is going to depend on our personal growth. 
Say personal growth. So everything is going to depend on your personal growth. Number four, decide to have, so it's, I'm still on make a firm commitment and a serious decision to grow in the Lord. And number four is decide to have a teachable spirit. Amen. Because if you're hearing it's like, man, I don't know. I'm, I'm grown. <laughs> Stay teachable. Because teachable, if you, if you can remain teachable, that means that you're not even, if you can be teachable, you know, to the people that you have, how can you claim to be teachable from the learning from the Lord? It's like you say you love uh, uh, God. How does the saying is? You love God whom you don't see, but you hate those that you see. Something like that, okay. Yeah, you say you love God whom you don't see, but you say you, but you hate people that you can see. And so how can you not need to be taught from, you know, those that you need to be taught from, but then I, I believe that those people don't, that, that, that don't care to be taught anything, are, they're not learning from anywhere, and they're definitely not in their word. Are you with me? They're definitely not learning from the Lord. And so, but a tree is known by its fruit. Amen. And so decide to have a teachable spirit. Uzziah, as long as he sought the Lord in the days of Zechariah, the Bible says that God caused him to prosper because he was being taught by him. He was learning from him. And then you can read on where his life went, was not so good because he grew in wealth, he grew in strength, he grew in, in things, and he felt like he no longer needed to be taught. He no longer was seeking the Lord. Now he was working out his own deals. Now he was using his, his, his gain to make deals, and it, it went very bad for him. So decide to have a teachable spirit. A person with a teachable spirit is someone who is open to receive and to learn from others. Amen. Never settle, the fifth one, never settle or get comfortable with your current situation. Never settle or get comfortable with your current situation. If you have settled with your current situation, you will not be able to have a greater future. If you're settled, there's no more growth. And if there's no more growth, there's no more levels of God's glory in your life. And the Bible says that we go from faith to faith, strength to strength, glory to glory, and victory to victory. If you settle for the good, you're going to miss the perfect. The Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from above. A lot of people settle for the good. They get comfortable. Yay, God did this for me. And now, you know, they're no longer, uh, they're, 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 they're um, comfortable. And when they're comfortable, they're no longer pressing. They're no longer seeking. They're no longer, you know, pressing forward. So they, they, they're, good, they're, they're okay with the good. And they're going to miss the perfect. So what is the difference? So don't get comfortable with your current situation. 
Because even if you're good right now, there's more. Well, I mean, you know, we should be, we, we should be, uh, there's a difference between being conform, conforming and being content. So you got to be careful. There's a difference between conformity and contentment. Don't be, don't conform, but you can be content. So what is conformity? Conformity is when a person does not strive to go further or does not do anything to change the present situation. They conformed. They're okay. They're, they adapted to the situation. So they, they confirmed, conformed to the circumstance, to the situation. We're not called to conform. Are you with me? Don't be conformed to this world. Amen. Don't adapt. And even churches, will, there's churches that will teach you just adapt to the circumstance. Adapt to the sickness. Adapt to, you know, the, the craziness that's going on. Adapt. What? Who, what? No. So conformity is when a person does not strive. When you've conformed, you're not striving to go further. Or does not do anything to change the present situation. That's the beautiful thing about growing and being a son and a daughter is that situations don't change us. We have the power, the authority, and the ability to change the situations. We used to be under the circumstance. Now in Christ Jesus, we can grow up and be over and above the circumstance and the situation. And even if there's things going around, what does that got to do with the greater one that lives on the inside of me? You know, things are always subject to change. But the beautiful thing about it is that Christ Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Everything shall pass away, but the word of the Lord remain forever. There is no shadow in turning in God. Hallelujah. So we are, we are, we are world changers. We are circumstance changers. If we don't like where we're at, the beautiful thing about it is that we have the ability to change it. And then God is with us. God is for us. And he's on the inside of us. But don't conform. Don't get comfortable. Don't just adapt. And this is just how it's going to be. No. If it's not in the word, resist it. In the name of Jesus, this is not my portion. This does not belong in my life. I don't have to adapt to this thing the devil said my way. He better get to run in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And growing will help you rise up like that. Jesus wanted figs from that fig tree and he was hungry. And he went looking for figs. You can expect to receive what God says in his word. You can look to the word of God and expect just that because God is faithful and his word never lies. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So don't conform. Adapt. Because if you do, that's it. You, you're done. That you're gonna, you're gonna, next year, you're going to be in the same place. Next week, you're going to be in the same place. I promise you, if there's anything that shouldn't be, if you make up your mind today, give it to God and say, God, help me. Whatever changes I need to make, I'll make 
come show me, help me. I promise you're going to come back with your testimony next Sunday. <laughs> but if you come forward, so conformity, it is when a person does not strive to go further or does not do anything to change the present situation. The Bible says what is impossible with man is possible with God. Don't limit God. Don't limit. God can do anything. He can do anything. He can, he can do. He's a miracle working God. He can change any situation around. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the name of the Lord. Don't limit God. We serve a big, big God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody's, I'm, God is doing something in somebody tonight. I'm telling you right now. I feel it. I see it. I know it. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And the Spirit of God will cause you to, to shake yourself from allowing yourself to conform. It's easier to conform than to resist because resisting takes work. It's easier to say, well, you know what? Well, you know, maybe that's just, no, no, maybe nothing. This is not my portion. I'm not going to settle for this. It might look like this, but this is not what it really is. In Jesus' mighty name, this thing's going to line up with the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So once again, conformity is when a person does not strive to go further or does not do anything to change the present situation. Contentment, it is when a person goes forward in spite of the adverse situation, presently at hand, and does all that is possible in order to change it. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians 4.11, Hallelujah. In Philippians 4.11, he said this. Is this helping somebody? Hallelujah. He said, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned. See? Learning, growing is learning. Say, growing is learning. Learning is growing. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. To be content. Contentment, it is when a person goes forward in spite of the adverse situation presently at hand and does all that is possible in order to change it. Hallelujah. And so in, in this verse... I wanted to read it in the uh, Amplified. Glory to God. Well, let me finish reading. Not that I speak in respect to want, but I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. He says, I know both how to be abased and I know how to, to abound. In every, it says everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full uh, I am inst uh, instructed both to be full 
and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And then he says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthened me. Let me read it in the Amplified. It, it says in the Amplified translation, it says, not, verse 11, not that I speak from any personal need, for I have learned to be content, content and self-sufficient through Christ, satisfied to the point where I am not disturbed or uneasy, regardless of my circumstance. That's good, right? Should I read that again? Let me see what the classic says. Not that I speak from any personal need, for I have learned to be content and self-sufficient through Christ, satisfied to the point where I am not disturbed or uneasy, regardless of my circumstance. So he's saying, I'm not affected by the circumstance. Even in the circumstance, I'm going to continue to do what I do. The circumstances don't dictate me where I'm going, what I'm doing. Even in the midst of all that, I'm content. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm not disturbed or uneasy, regardless of my circumstance. I'm satisfied to the point where I, this doesn't bother me. Can we get to that point? Yes, we can. Hallelujah. And then it gets more beautiful. He says, I know how to get along and live humbly in difficult times. And I also know how to enjoy abundance and live in prosperity. You know, when there's people, they do great when money's good, but they do horrible when money's bad. You can tell if their finances are good. You can tell their finances are not good because it changes their, their, how they act. It changes their, their attitude. And, and when you are, when you know him and when you know that God is faithful and when you know that God came through once, he'll come through again. When you, when you are in relationship with the creator of the earth, heaven and earth, then you can be content because, you know, you, it doesn't matter what is going on. God is your provider. And if you're in covenant with him through your tithe and your offerings, then you have an open heaven and resources will come. God will give you a witty invention. God will help you. God will promote you. God will give you an open door. But it matters. Contentment matters. If it's going to change you, all the enemy has to do is keep you broke. I know what that is because... The Lord spoke to me, you know, when we, you know, when we had money, we show up happy to church. When we first, our, our, God started teaching us, you know, on giving and on, and, and everything back in 2004. And we would, we would, you know, go happy to church and, and couldn't ready, get, you know, our, our minds were so limited. Like our thinking was so small. It had no kingdom expansion, like had no kingdom minded it was just like people think that having money is just being able to going out to eat and having money to pay your bills and 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 have a nice car and do this man when you get kingdom minded <laughs> that's the least <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> and you know and then when we when money wasn't good it was like oh, you don't even want to 
you know, you wanted to hurry up and leave because you didn't want people to ask you to, you want to go eat? And it's like, you know, you have the kids and it's like, you know, just get water if we go. Oh my gosh. And then the kids wouldn't understand and they'll be like, why can't we go eat? You know? Uh, and this and that. And it's like, shh, quiet. We got things to do. Been there, done that. You know what I'm saying? And then, and then I heard the voice of the Lord and said, if that all has to happen to keep you away and keep you in fear, the enemy will see to it that you never prosper. And I thought, I'll never let bank account determine my mood. And then you grab a hold of giving and being in covenant with God through your tithes. God will never leave you without. You know, at first you got to learn and you got to grow because it's a lot of people. It's not that they don't have the finances is that they 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 need to learn how to manage their finances. That's another lesson, but, you know, and you're investing and probably in places God never told you to. And a lot of times you think you're sowing and giving because you're buying things from people. Let me tell you something. When somebody gives you something in return for your money, that's not sowing. I'm being a blessing. I'm buying this from, you know, or somebody's working for you and you're paying them. You're not blessing them because they're doing you service. And so a lot, a lot of times we think, oh, I'm blessing this person because, I mean, it's good that you support, but that's when you receive something back, that's what you pay for. Right? And then why am I not prospering? Because you're really not sowing. You're buying. Probably things that you don't need. And it's not that God is not, you know what I'm saying? Stop swiping, swiping, swiping. That was a side thing. I, I know what that is because I've been there. You know? I, I've been there. And I thought, you know, God, yeah, God will deliver us from buying everything you're living. There's a time for everything. Okay, let me just go back. Was that good? Okay. And then you want a different harvest return to you when you can't even up your giving. I know what that is because we gave $20 for a long time. I'm being honest with you. And I expected a, a, another level of harvest. God said, you need to break that $20 <laughs> offering. <laughs> I'm being honest. Hey, can I be honest? For years, $20. I, I look at our giving now. <laughs> not just tithes here. With tithe, tithe is not giving. That's the Lord's. Offerings here and offerings outside. It's, it, it, we look at each other and we're like, glory, glory, glory. 
when, you know, there was a point, it's like you can't even, but it's growth. It, it, it's, you know, growth, even in those areas, which there's great plans ahead for the people of the Power of Love Church. I'm telling you, there's, there's great plans, even in those areas of, 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 of uh, kingdom businesses. Hallelujah. I'm going to leave it that at that. Let's continue. He said, I know how to get along and live humbly in difficult times. And I also know how to enjoy abundance and live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing life. Whether well-fed or going hungry, whether having an abundance or being in need. So what is the secret? He gave it to us. 13, I can do all things which he has called me to do through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. That's a lot, but. <laughs> so contentment. It is when a person goes forward in spite of the adverse situation presently at hand and does all that is possible in order to change it. Say contentment. Say, not conformity, contentment. So, the Apostle Paul said, now that I was ever in need, not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to get along happily, whether I have much or little. Why? Because he knew who was his horse. He knew who was his helper. Amen. He knew that in Christ Jesus infused him with, you know, inner strength that he would be able to do all that needed to be done to fulfill his purpose in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So note that the level of dissatisfaction in a believer will determine his, his or her passion for further growth. The level of dissatisfaction in a believer. So the level of your dissatisfaction will determine your passion for further growth. Amen. So then, I'm still on make a firm commitment and a, and a serious decision to grow in the Lord, a step that you should take to grow spiritually. And I believe I'm in number one, two, three, four, five, six. Have a disciples mentality amen have a disciples mentality one meaning of the word disciple is a student say student that is to say be someone who is constantly learning amen constantly learning if you're constantly learning and you're applying what you're learning you will be constantly growing amen and then the other one is seven. It says, um, pay the price for growth. Nothing comes without a price. That means there's sacrifices that you might have to do in order to grow. And you, the Lord will help you in those areas. There are things, 
decisions, you know, uh, um, changes that you'll have to make. But it's a, there's a price to pay for growth. Are you with me? And it'll, it, God will begin to show you as you grow. Honestly, God will begin to help you and show you what is helping you grow and what is uh, uh, causing your growth to be stunt. He'll begin to show you so that you can make the necessary uh, adjustments because it's your decision. God helps you, but you ultimately have to choose. You ultimately are the one that has to decide what you want in life. Are you with me? And so there's things that might be around you that are hindrances to your growth. Are you with me? It could be anything. It could be relationships. It could be something that you're looking at, something that, you know, you're attending to. Um, you, only you know. But then what happens is that you have to, if you're going to grow, you have to pay the price. You have to um, make whatever sacrifices to see to it that you grow in the Lord. Amen. So as you grow, you must decide to be willing to receive correction and discipline. You must decide to be willing to receive correction and discipline. So if you're unable to receive correction and discipline, when, uh, uh, you know, if, if, when you make a mistake or whatever, you cannot grow and mature in the Lord. If you're somebody that cannot be corrected, if you're somebody that cannot accept discipline or correction, then, you know, what happens is that you're, you're not able to grow. Are you with me? Say, I must decide to be willing to receive correction and discipline if I'm going to grow. It's important. Amen. In Hebrews 12, verse 6 through 8, it says, let's see here. Praise the Lord. Are you glad you came? Okay. In Hebrews 12, verses 6, and let's see how far we go. It says, for whom the Lord loved it, he chastened it. Or he corrects and disciplines, the Amplified says. And scourge it or punishes every son whom he receive it. If you endure correction or discipline or chastening, God did it with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chast chastisement, whereof are all partakers, the Bible says, then, you, then are ye bastards and not sons. That's the King James translation. It's a tough word. Or illegitimate. The Amplified says, For the Lord corrects and disciplines everyone whom he loves. Who does? The Lord. 
And he punishes, even scourges, every son whom he accepts and welcomes to his heart and cherishes. You must submit to and endure correction for discipline. God is dealing with you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not thus train and correct and discipline? Now, if you are exempt from correction and left without discipline in which all of God's children share, then you are illegitimate offspring and not true sons at all. Are you a son? Are you a daughter? Then whom God loves, corrects and disciplines. And we must submit and endure correction. Are you with me? I'll touch up a little bit on that in a little bit. And so, what steps should we take to grow spiritually or mature, to become mature believers? Make it from commitment and a serious decision. That's number one, to grow in the Lord. Number two, decide to make changes. Decide to make changes. I want you to say this, change is good. I want you to say you can't expect change if you're not willing to change. You can't expect change and continue to do the same thing. It takes change to see change. Amen. So decide to make changes. Let me tell you about certain important aspects concerning changes. It begins with yourself. Change begins with yourself. Are you listening tonight? Say, change begins with me. Don't wait for others to change. Are you with me? You become that change. It takes one person to change. Amen. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Matthew 7, verse 3, And why do you look at the speck on your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye. So change begins with us. Amen. Now don't think about others. Think about yourself. Where do I fit in this? Am I looking at my brother's speck in their eye without first dealing with my own? So Jesus... You know, before this scripture, he talked about judging others. And so you have to be careful because Jesus condemns here the habit of criticizing others while ignoring our own. Amen. If you're going to help others, you have to help yourself first. If you're going to bring out or, or, or point out something in your brother, make sure that what you're pointing out is not something that is on you. So he's saying, don't be critical or criticize others while ignoring your own faults. Are you with me? Believers must first submit themselves to God's righteous standard before attempting to examine and influence the conduct of others. Amen. 
So that's why change has to begin with me. Sometimes we're too quick to want to point something out, especially if what we're pointing out is something that we need to point in ourselves. Are you with me? And so do not wait for change. Do not wait for others to change. Begin and focus on you. God help me transform my life. Help me, you know, if, if, if David said, if there's anything in me that is not, that is, you know, not pleasing unto you. So it should begin with yourself. Help yourself. Glory to God. Amen. It's part of growth. So decide to make changes. There are certain important aspects concerning changes. Begin with yourself. Don't wait for others to change. A certain degree of discomfort will motivate people to change. When people do not feel comfortable at the place where they are at, they begin to seek change. You know, I used to say that. I used to say, I know there's more to this. There has to be more to this than where I'm at now. I'm not comfortable. I know there's more. And as you begin to grow in the Lord, you get discomfort. You, there's a discomfort that comes in you. And that discomfort will motivate you to begin to seek change. Are you with me? And then it'll cause you to stretch yourself. Hallelujah. When people don't change, problems increase. So it's important to change. It's important to make changes. Amen. You can't be this person that says, this is how I am and this is how I'm always going to be. If that's you and you're a Christian, that's not good. I'm, you, you know, I remember in our early times of, of, of you know, uh, in our relationship, <laughs> well, it wasn't the Holy Spirit. It was, it was, <laughs> you're saying, come on, Holy Spirit, help her tell us. I know it is. No, because you grew up a certain way. This is how I am. This is how you met me. This is how I'm going to be. You love it or leave it. <laughs> you know? And that's the, you know, but, 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 you know, this is how I grew up. This is how I, I, you know, I was brought up. Okay. I'm not denying that, but for everyone, when you give your life to Jesus, all that has passed away. There's a new way of, you know, you might have not had a father. Now you have a heavenly father, you know, you might have not had guidance. Now you have the word and you have brothers that help you, sisters that help you, pastors that help you. Amen. So there's no excuse for not growing. And to have a mentality, this is how I'm always we, I'm never going to do That's not good for women or men. Amen. If women, you're used to being the man, you're not the man anymore. Amen. Now you have a husband. He's the head of the house. He's your leader. He's your guide. He's the high priest of the home. Amen. 
You want to say something? <laughs> oh. <laughs> and so, you know, that doesn't give the man the right to overlord. You know what I'm saying? It's like you're a team, but God has given the responsibility to the man to be the, ho- the head, the visionary, the leader of the house. And so, um, but because you come a- before you give your life to Jesus, you know, everybody's raised different. You, you, you know, either you had parents that were a certain way and you had, you didn't have parents or whatever it is. But when you give your life to Jesus, you know, even though you went through those things or you were brought up a certain way, you, you, now you have to transform yourself to the renew, by the renewing of your mind, by the word of God. God will help you be the man that he's called you to be. God will help you be the women that he's called you to be. He will help you with your children. If you never got affection from your parents, that, that doesn't mean that you don't have to be unaffectionate with your children. That's no excuse. Your children need affection. Your children need you to, they need fathers. They need mothers. And just because maybe you didn't get that, that doesn't mean that it's going to continue in the home. That means that God is going to, when you press in, God is going to teach you. He's going to teach you how to be the father. He's going to teach you how to be the mother, how to, you know, be the parents that, you know, in your household. Hallelujah. You never, you know, there's fathers that don't even know how to talk to their kids or have a relationship with their children, with their daughters or with their sons because they never have that. And it could be true that you didn't have that, but God will help you change, 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 change is good. Be intentional about that, about that. Get around somebody that has a good, is a good father. Get around somebody that has good fruit. And can you help me? I want to be a better father. I want to be a better mother. Help me. I want my children to, you know, be confident and and trust me and uh, have a relationship with them to help them. Hallelujah. So don't have that mentality of this is the way I am. This is what what I can't help it because, you know, I never had this and I never had that. Understandable. But how old are you? Like, you know, 75 and you're still like, talk. you know, it's like there's no in the kingdom of God. There's no excuse why not to change. And it's never too late. God will help you with the lost time. Don't ever be too prideful. If you miss it, I'm sorry. It's okay you tell your children you're sorry. It's okay if you were not there. But start. Hallelujah. Same thing with the husband and wife. Start. Start. You know. I'm just not affection. Well, get affection. I'm just not touchy. Well, get touchy, touchy, because if your wife likes touchy, 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 or your husband likes touchy, touchy, you got to be that for them. And it's God's will that you fulfill each other in every area. (laughs) Don't be like that. Like, well, I'm just not like that. Don't say that. Hallelujah. Well, I'm not just romantic. Well, get romantic. You don't got to be it. You know, you can be, learn, grow, grow in every area. It's God's will. God desires that for you. Amen. I'm telling you, we're going to be 20. How many of I asked you this morning? <laughs> 27. 
27. <laughs> I'll probably ask you next Sunday. <laughs> we have to learn. We have to learn. Right, Rachel? We got to learn. She's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> we have to learn. We weren't always how we are. We had to grow. We had to grow because we wanted peace. We wanted to be happy. We wanted, but each, we each had a, had a part to play. That's how it is in the body of Christ. If we each take the responsibility and, and do our part to do what God will have us do, it makes everything so much better. It makes everything so much better. It makes the unity so much better. And so we just, you know, we, it starts with us. But, but, but no, it starts with us. And when there's that change in you, you can see it. You can tell. So, and that was just this. It's another side nugget. Because it's important, you know? Change is important. People want change, but they want to keep doing the same thing. They want to be the same people. Like, they don't want to change. It takes change. Tradition will make your faith of no effect. I've always done this. I've always gone here. I've always done there. This is what we do. We'll change. So, another, number three. So, the first one is make a decision. The second one is make changes. And the third one is uh, another step towards growing spiritually is based on the influences and the ambience or the atmosphere that surrounds you. Amen. This is very important. Very important. Because it is essential to remain under the care or spiritual covering of... Um, person whose influence constantly motivates you to grow that will cause you to continually improve yourself who is influencing you who who's you know it's good that you have somebody that you look up to that is spiritually mature somebody that you know um And even that person that you look up to should have somebody that they, you know, I, I, I can name you some people that, you know, we're, they're our covering. They're our, 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 you know, we consider them as, as our mentors. And it's not somebody that is in heaven. <laughs> somebody alive that we can actually, if I have a question, I can call. Are you with me? I can call. And, and, and be like, look, I need help in this, or I have a question, how do we deal with this, or, you know, or they're, they're doing something that, motiv like, brings us higher. You know, it's important who's influencing us. It's important that we have people in our lives. Does it have to be your pastor? I don't think it necessarily has to be your pastor. It can be if you want. I mentor people. You know, I do. I spend time with people. I meet with people. I talk to people every day because they seek it. And so 
but you know, whoever it is, make sure that they are spiritually mature. They have fruit. It could be a leader. It could be, you know, but just it, it matters who's influencing you. It matters because it, it, it's going to determine your improvement. Amen. And so it's important. We all need that. Amen. Amen. So associate yourself with people who never stop growing. Associate, your associations are very important. Amen. Beware who you are associating with. Beware if you're associating with critical people, people that have no commitment, people that are gossipers, people that are not kingdom-minded. I'm talking about your associations. Who you kick it with? You know? Who's your, who's, who are you listening to? Are you listening to them or are they listening to you? Who's a spiritual leader in that relationship, in that circle? Are we, are we, is it helping you grow? Is it motivating you for kingdom expansion? Because other than that, I can't, I don't have time to sit. You know, now we're not always talking about ministry or stuff like that, you know. But overall, who you associate with is influencing you whether you know it or not. Las mañas se pegan. Meaning habits, you, you pick up habits from people. And if they're not people, if you don't like their habits, if you don't like what they're doing, then, well, you know, I mean... I think that relate with relationships, you have to, not everybody is, should be the, is not the same. Even in Jesus' life, you know, he had the 12, then he had the three, then he had the one, then he had the, you know, everybody else. So it, there has to be boundaries to protect yourself and to protect them. You know what I'm saying? So... It's important that you associate yourself with people who never stop growing. There's people that don't feel like they got to be in church. They don't feel like they have to be committed. They don't feel like they have to be involved. They don't feel like they, you know, they have their own way of being involved. They have their own way of doing things. But, you know, the Bible is the Bible. I, I, I could do things my way, but I want God's way. You know what I'm saying? And so, it's not always comfortable to be around people that are constantly growing. It's not easy because it, it, it's challenging. You know, there's a saying that says that, I don't think it goes with this, but, but um, you know, there, it's, it's challenging. I, I get challenged when I go around certain people. I get challenged and I put myself in those positions on purpose. I do. 
I, I, we did that just last week, you know, and, and I was challenged to go higher. I did it on purpose. We booked a flight. We went to kingdom business. I knew what we see is just going to do something in us. We're going to come back and we're going to stretch ourselves and it's going to be like, okay, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> because your associations matter. Amen. I went to Mexico and I was challenged. And so, praise the Lord. It's important, amen? Associations are important. Does that help? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Protect yourself. Protect others. Thank God for people. Thank God for relationships. Thank God for the people that God puts in our path. You know, there's people that have gone where we haven't been. And, and, and God puts them in our path to help. Are you with me? Hallelujah. And so note this. It is imperative to understand that maturity and growth is a process. It's not an event. It's a process. Say process. process. Maturity and growth is a process. So does that, is that okay? It's a process. Say it's a process. I'm not going to wake up and be like, you know, but it's a process. But every day is growth. And that process never ends. But we do reach level, different levels of maturity. And so there are two essential things for us to have during this process. We must have these two things. And these two things are essential for us to have during the process of maturing and growing. Number one, we must have motivation. Motivation. Motivation is what pushes us forward to begin something. Amen. I'm motivated to do this. I'm motivated to do this. I'm motivated to do that. So during this process of maturity and growth, we need motivation. Motivation is essential. If you're not motivated, then there's no pushing forward to do anything. Amen. And our, the, our motivation, it comes by the word of the Lord and by our associations. There's people that are doing something that encourages you. And it'd be like, man, if, you know. And then the other thing that is essential when you've gotten motivation is discipline. Say discipline. Discipline is what takes us to the place we want to go by putting our flesh under submission, by taking our cross daily, and by denying ourselves. So when we have motivation, Discipline is essential because you can be motivated to do something, but you don't have the discipline to get you there. Discipline is what's going to take you to the place that you want to go because your discipline is going to cost you to put your flesh under submission. Amen. To not quit, to not stop. And so these two, motivation and discipline, are 
essentials for you to have during the process of your growth and maturity. Amen. So note, spiritual growth is a daily decision that we must make. Daily decision. Amen. Tomorrow, my, my, it's going to determine what I decide to do. Monday. Have you ever went from Sunday to Monday and not like fetch yourself spiritually? And, 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 and then you, you know, you find yourself, if not, you know, back or, the, but, but then you find out, but, but then you've taken the time every day to invest in your spiritual life by getting in the word, by listening to anointed preaching, you know, reading the, 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 the word of God. And then uh, uh, you realize what it's done in your life, you know, because when, have you ever noticed that when you're in the word during the week and you, you're taking the time to grow, you're taking the time to feed your spirit. It's different when you come to church that way. It's like, <laughs> it's like, you know, you're here to receive, but, but it's like, man, I, I heard that. I was just, you know, reading that. I was just on that. And it, it does something in you. It's like God just begins to confirm things to you rather than feed me, feed me, feed me, you know. And so it puts you at another level. It's like, I was just on that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. You're hearing the message and everything is like hitting you because you've been in the word. And it's like, ah, God is so good. You know, it does something in you versus you didn't you didn't get in the word. You come like starving and everything's for you. And and it should be for you. But but you get what I'm saying, right? You come ready testifying and praise the Lord, man. And you leave out of here like, man, it was, a, it was for me. So, it, you know, it, it helps you be the, a good receiver. When you stay in that flow, it helps you be a good receiver. Because what you receive, you know, it's not, a, it's not because I did a good job or not. Oh, pastor was good. But then next time, oh, uh, you know, pastor wasn't that on fire. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, has not, it doesn't have to do with me. It has to do with how you came. <laughs> Don't blame me for you leaving the same way. <laughs> I come to serve. You, gotta re you weren't just that excited that next Sunday you came. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. Oh, yeah. I, I know how that is. I was talking to, to Pastor Rodney's daughter one time, and I said, man, your dad, man, I, I just uh, so awesome when you're in his services. <laughs> and he said, it's not, it's not him, it's how you're receiving. And I was like, oh, okay, praise the Lord. <laughs> it's because you're receiving. You come expecting. You come ready to receive. She said, so it's you. He delivers every time, but it's, it's how you receive. You're hungry. That's why every time you're going to receive, and I was like, praise the Lord. That's right. I, I came real hungry. I can receive anything from, praise God. Well, are you glad you came tonight? Yeah. Hebrews 5, 12, 14 
it says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So it's important. You know, maturity is being able to discern good and evil. It's growing to the point that you know right from wrong. Are you with me? When you grow in maturity is being able to know right from wrong. So when people, never mind. And so that's part of growth. That's part of maturity. Um, let me see something real quick. Hebrews 5.12. Is this helping you? Do you feel like you've grown any? You have. I have to. Praise the Lord. Glory be to God. How many of you are going to continue to grow in God? Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Let me just see something here. Okay, so it says here, there is a side note. It says, of... Um, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing uh, ye are dull of hearing. For when, for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need of one to teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use uh, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And then verse 6 says, Therefore, leaving the principle of the doctrines of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. Amen. Let us go on unto perfection. And so it says that you are able to discern both good and evil. And the side note here, I wanted to read it because it says, those who are weak and immature in the faith lack spiritual discernment concerning what is good and what is evil in this life, what, what honors God and what dishonors him. Mature believers, on the other hand, have trained their senses to carefully distinguish between good and evil the, uh, through the continual practice of righteousness and obedience having learned to love righteousness and hate iniquity. That's what we're called to do. We're called to love righteousness and hate evil. Are you with me? And it says, having renewed their minds according to the principles of righteousness and being enabled by the Holy Spirit to see things from God's point of view, they are able to receive the solid food of God's word and grow towards the full stature of Christ. So isn't that good? You know, when we grow and we are able to take solid food, and he was talking to them because, you know, they were st still having issues when they should be teachers. They still were having to be taught. So it was like a rebuke. You know, you still have need of milk when you, and need somebody to teach you when you ought to be teachers already. There comes a point where we have to decide we got to grow. Amen. 
We can't be going over the same things over and over and over. We have to, you know, gain our victories and move on. We have to grow, you know, from faith to faith. Amen. From strength to strength. And so let me leave you with this. What is spiritual maturity? Spiritual maturity is the ability to endure and receive criticism. That's, this is very important. Maturity is the ability, spiritual maturity is the ability to endure and, uh, uh, and receive criticism, rejection, offense, as well as compliments and praise from other people without being affected by it. So spiritual maturity is being able to endure and receive criticism, rejection, offense, as well as compliments and praise from other people without being affected by it. Making us lose heart, getting us depressed, or making us think more highly of ourselves than we should. Someone who is a mature believer ought to have the ability to endure and receive criticism and offenses from others without it leading you to depression or to lose heart. It's so important. You know, Kenneth Copeland said this, and I learned this in, in my early walk with God. He said, don't ever get moved when people criticize you or people offend you. Don't ever get moved when they do that to you in the same way that when they praise you and talk good about you. He says, because both of those things will end up at the bottom of a bird's cage. Let it mean nothing to you when people offend you. Let it mean nothing to you when people criticize you. And in the same way, let it mean nothing to you when people praise you. I've learned that to not be moved. Whether people say, Pastor Sandy, you're great. Pastor. Okay. Or you suck or you, you know. <laughs> Are you this or you're that? I don't, it don't, it don't make, it don't change me. Your praises or not yours, but people's praises and people's criticism don't affect me any way. It doesn't change me. It doesn't make me feel good when you praise me. And it doesn't make me feel bad when you offend me. Either, both don't change who I am. Both don't change who I feel. Both don't change how I preach. Both don't change how I minister. You can say hallelujah. I'm still going to deliver the message that God gave me because your hallelujahs don't make me feel good or don't make me feel less. I know what I'm delivering. I know what I'm doing. And I know what it's doing. Amen. So it's very important. Another, another great thing that I learned from Pastor Rodney Howard Brown God will only use you at the level of criticism that you can handle. If you can't handle criticism, you, God can use you. People are always going to talk about you. Get that in your, in your, in your mind. People are always going to talk about you. They're going to talk to you when you, they talked about you when you were in the world. And they're talking about you now. So it shouldn't matter. People are going to criticize you. And you know, a lot of people never stepped into what God has called them to do because they're fearful of criticism. They got talents. They got gifts. But they're afraid of what people are going to think or who's going to like their posts, who's not going to like. You know what? Some people have too much time in their hands. 
trying to figure out, you know, the likes and who likes you, who didn't like you. You know, don't ever text me, tell me to like your picture because I'm going to rebuke you. Why didn't you like my picture? Maybe I didn't even look at your post. You think I'm like, I'm like the Facebook patrol or I'm like Instagram? What do you, what you think? I don't got other things to do. No, people get like that. You know what I'm saying? People got too much time. Now you can buy these things that shows you who follow you, who don't follow you, who, what is wrong with If you have that, you need to. I said, what? You can buy followers? You got 15,000 followers and you got 100 likes. Come on. You, you, what, 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 we're focused on the wrong thing. Should I continue on this or no? And don't be overconfident. Because even being so overconfident can cause you to miss the direction of the Lord. Just so overconfident. <laughs> Look at me. Look at me. We, we are looking at you like everywhere. It, it, you got to be careful. Is it good? Is it helping somebody? So those two lessons I've learned. I've learned and I've took them to heart. Another lesson. Pastor Randy Hooper said this early. And I appreciate these people that have spoken into my life. He said, the moment this becomes about you, the hand of God is removed. That's, that's Pastor Randy Hooper. He said, the moment thing, the things God is doing become about you, that's the moment that the hand of God will be removed from this place. That put the fear of self getting in the way. And, 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 and I made it my business. This will never become, not just of me, of anybody, but the people of God and reaching the lost, seeing lives being impacted for the glory of God, a place where healing rivers flow, a place where Jesus is ahead of this church. You think I want to be involved in something that God's hand is not on because I want to make something of, <laughs> please. Nobody got time for that. I'm serious. Amen. Aren't those good lessons? That's why this whole, don't, never mind. No, don't come on me. I said no. <laughs> so maturity and this will help you in the work that you're going to do for the lord Mach spiritual maturity is the ability to endure and receive criticism rejection offenses as well as compliments and praises from other people without being affected by it making us lose heart getting us depressed or making us think more highly of ourselves than we should someone who is a, 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 a leader or a mature believer ought to have the ability to endure and receive criticism, offenses from others without it leading him to depression or lose heart. There's people that lose it because of criticism. 
I can't believe they said this. You think they didn't say nothing about me? They still do. I'll make posts and stuff like that. But don't ever send me anything anybody's posting about me. Don't ever even come and tell me unless it's somebody from this church. I made it a point. I don't, I'm not hearing anything. If it's somebody here, we'll deal with it. If it's somebody out there, don't be the deliverer. Because what I want to know is how do they say it in front of you? You know what I'm saying? That's what I want to know. But it doesn't make a difference for what I'm doing, what God is doing in this place. It doesn't affect me. It doesn't, you know, it, it, but, but there's people that will get really affected by what, what somebody said. And you shouldn't let it. Neither get moved when they praise you. Be careful to receive praises. All the glory belongs to God. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It's not, a tough, it's not an easy thing, but God will help you. I'm glad. I'm glad. God will help you. Amen. God is going to use you in a mighty way. So don't, don't, don't worry about what people say. Amen. If you're trying to f- listen to what other people are saying, you got too much time in your hand. Are you with me? I'm too busy to notice. I'm too busy to hear. Amen. We're working on things. Hallelujah. So the greatest test of maturity for a believer is experienced when he is criticized or she is criticized and rejected. And yet their reaction is a blessing towards those who persecute them. You know, I, 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 I grew up in ministry. I, I, I've been, you know, I've seen all different kinds of characters. I've seen all kinds, different types of, you know, people can be ugly. And, but, but, but that shouldn't move you. They're people. People are human. The thing is you hold people up here more than the word of God, you know? And so, I, you know, there's going to be times, but don't let it move you. Pray for them or uh, confront it. Are you with me? In a loving way. In a loving way. Amen. People miss it because they built their own. Your mind can take you so far. And before you know it, you're offended. You're mad. Then you stay away. Then this and that. And then you say, God told me to you. Really? I mean, there's people that have built this imagination in their mind about something they never confronted it they never said anything it was a total lie of the devil they already made their decision they already decided what they're going to do because they already knew what was happening they already in their own mind played everything and they were convinced that that was the truth and I was like you got totally deceived personally I said I told them this you let me tell you what happened you allow the enemy to sow a lie. And I even said this, may the Lord strike me. And I never use that term. If, if, if what I'm saying is not true, that you made yourself believe a lie. And here you are, made all these decisions based on something that offended you. Your own thought, your own imagination. And now you're like, where? That's sad.
So, did that help somebody? (laughs) Deal with things immediately. Amen. Know where you're supposed to be. Guard yourself. Not with fear, because people can operate in fear, and they don't even know they're operating in fear. They, they, They make decisions based on fear. They hold back because of fear. And so you have to be careful. Amen. God will help you. You can also define maturity as the ability to know your identity in God without feeling insecure or threatened by others who possess greater success, anointings, talents, ability, and gifts. Maturity is the product of knowing our purpose or calling of God in our life and knowing who we are in him. That's maturity. I know who I am in Christ. I rejoice when others are succeeding. You know what I'm saying? What others are, what's happening in others doesn't make me feel any less. You know? I don't say, God, why are you doing it for them, but you're not doing it for me? It's like the, the prodigal son came back and and, and, you know, the father was happy. He put a ring on his finger, put a robe, and ki- killed a calf and threw a party. Then the other brother's over there that never left, that has been faithful. And he's like, what's all this noise we're hearing? And the servant's like, oh, they're partying. Your brother came back home. And he's like, he got mad. He got offended. And he came to the father and said, I've been here with you all this time, and here's your brother. Here's my brother that, you know, wanted his inheritance, and he wasted it all on whores and this and that. That's what the Bible says prostitutes and then here I am and now you're throwing you know and you're throwing a party for him you never killed a cow for me and he said son everything I have is yours all you had to do was ask you know what I'm saying all you had to do was ask you have not because you ask not So know who you are in Christ as part of being, knowing who you are in Christ, being maturity, being confident without feeling insecure or threatened by what others or God, what God is doing in others. Hallelujah. So maturity, I'm done. The worship team can come up here. Maturity consists of accepting Different opinions, point of views, temperaments, and personalities without feeling offended or insecure that they may take over our position. Amen. Maturity consists of having the undeniable assurance in our hearts of who we are and not of what we have. What you have can be taken away, but who you are cannot. And if what you have is taken away, you know where to get it from because you know what I'm saying? There are people whose security is based on their positions, their jobs, their ministries. Yet our security should be grounded in God and in who we are in Christ. 
Our security should be grounded in God and in who we are in Christ. True maturity consists of having the ability to deal with criticism and compliments without feeling or being affected by them. Amen. Has this helped? I think I'm going to stop here. Praise the Lord. This is.